This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for ham talk live it's episode number 275 a contesting uh, primer with k0md recorded live on thursday october 7th 2021 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live tonight we're joined by Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, we had Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, here to talk about some new kits and some uh, new soldering tools and stuff. So if you missed that, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com, or you can use your favorite podcast app, or you can also catch us on YouTube. And on the weekends, uh, on Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, the show is rebroadcast over on WTWW Shortwave. That's 5085 on your AM dial. And um, you can take a listen to the show um, over shortwave on, on Saturdays. So, uh, tonight we're going to talk about getting started with contesting. So, uh, if you have some questions, get those ready to go. And, uh, here in a little bit, we'll give you a chance to call in and, um, ask your questions. The phone number for that, I'll go ahead and give it to you. Uh, it's eight, five, nine, nine, eight, Two seventy three seventy three. We'll give out that number again here in just a second, uh, so you can write it down or punch it in, have it ready to go. Uh, you can also tweet us. It's at Ham Talk Live on Twitter, and if you're logged into Spreaker, uh, you can uh, type in the comments as well. That will work. But once again, the phone number to call um, later on in the show will be eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three so i'll be back with scott right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live hey honey have you seen the pl 259s anywhere no i haven't come on kids let's go 
there's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the 10th one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. I'm Scott, KB9AMM of Tower Electronics. I like the PL259 connector so much, I bought the company. Tower Electronics, coming to a hand fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL259 connectors? Your host, Neil Rapp, may be too radial short of a full ground system, but he's back now with more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tower Electronics uh, will be in Crestview, Florida, October the 9th. That's this weekend on Saturday. Or you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. So welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tonight, uh, Dr. Scott Wright, KZOMD, joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. Uh, Scott is an excellent contester. He's been on uh, several de-expeditions, and he's the past editor of the National Contest Journal. Uh, his, his day job is working for uh, Mayo Clinic, teaching cardiology. Scott lives in uh, Rochester, Minnesota, and is a graduate of the University of Kentucky. So good evening, Scott. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking about some contesting tonight. Neil, you're welcome. I don't know if you heard my theme song, the University of Kentucky fight song, but I had to play it for you. Uh, it's a joy <laughs> to be with you as always. And uh, my congratulations to the men's football team at the University of Kentucky who uh, are having a tremendous season. I hope my contest season goes as well as their football season so far. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a nice uh, change. Although we've been on the rise here for the last couple of years, but uh, having a great season. And I, I had to text um, Andy Maluzzi, KK Four LWR, um, after we beat Florida. Um, had to had to rub it in, so uh, so I, I did that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been nice. It truly has. I'm so happy for the fan base, the players, the coach, the university, everybody involved. Yeah, I, I was down there in Lexington teaching uh, yesterday and uh, had a few minutes to spare and started started looking at the basketball schedule to see uh, 
see about uh, maybe going to a game this winter. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, well, anyway, tonight I, I thought it'd be a good idea to, to kind of talk about getting started in contesting because we've got some some big contests here. Uh, you know, it's fall, and when when the winter the weather starts getting uh, a little more wintry, um, you, you tend to be indoors more, and you have more uh, motivation to be on the radio because uh, that's one of the things that you can do indoors. So, uh, thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, you know some of the contests that that come along with that, and uh, how to get started in it. So. Uh, let, let's just, uh, let's just take it from the beginning here. Uh, what would you suggest, uh, for someone wanting to get started in contesting, uh, what should they do? I think people are really afraid to contest. They feel that they, uh, will be swallowed up in the sea and freeze and not be able to know what exchanges to give and, uh, how to do it. So what I suggest and is the following. You know, look at the contest schedule for the next uh, few months, maybe the next three months, and just pick one contest a month that you might like to try or two or more. Uh, For me, I often have one a weekend I want to do, so it's a struggle to balance that with work and family and other stuff. Uh, So the the way to get started is to really pick, sort of pick a contest or two or three or four that you want to be involved in and... um, those should really probably allow you to achieve whatever goals that you've set with the hobby. And for some of us, the goals are very uh, well set. You know, for me, I got started in contesting because I wanted to get five band DXCC. And uh, I'm such a competitive person. Once I started contesting, I started doing it more and more. I really enjoy it. And then suddenly contesting takes over ham radio for me. And that's largely what I do. So I'm DXing and mostly contesting. Um, but once you decide which contest you want to do, just spend 15 minutes reading the rules and then do a search on YouTube for that contest. So you can watch how someone operates it and you'll see it's a lot simpler than you thought. Uh, but once you get ready to go, the, the, really the first steps with, with contesting are to answer, you know, just a few questions, you know, is my station able to do the contest, right? If, if your goal is to be part of a VHF contest, but you don't have any VHF equipment, and that's probably not the right contest. But if you have a have a radio and an antenna, it doesn't matter whether it's a 25-year-old or 50-year-old radio or a brand-new transceiver, and you have any kind of antenna, portable, you know, a wire antenna. You don't have to have towers like I have in stacks. You can just use wires and portable antennas. Then you can you can do the contest. So once you have the equipment sorted out, the, the, really the biggest step is to, to make a commitment that you're going to do – computer-assisted contesting, meaning you need to have a computer that you can link to your transceiver because you're going to have to keep a, an entry, a log entry of every station you work. And the easiest way to do it, instead of writing it on you know, in a log book or on a legal pad, is to just type it into a computer. And, Neil, there are multiple logging programs out, but for beginners, I recommend two to think about. One is free. It's called N1MM. It's easy to use. It has a huge group, support group that will give you advice and questions, answer questions. 
Or you can go with one that's very popular among newer licensed TAMs, more recently licensed TAMs, which is the N3FJP logging software that Scott N3FJP puts out. Because it's also easy and interfaces well, and it has almost everything. It can be a logging program, a contest program, and lets you do also grid chasing and satellite chasing. So really, you know, once you once you know that you have the setup to do it, the computer linked with your radio and your equipment, then you're ready to actually get started. And uh, there are a few things to do before the contest weekend, but those are the basics. And believe it or not, the hardest part for me in the mid-2000s was to accept the fact that I needed to put a computer with my radio station because up until about 2005 or six. I didn't use a computer in the shack. Hard to believe, I know, Neil, but I didn't. <laughs> Everything was the ARRL spiral-bound logbook. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'd had those since 1977 when I was first licensed. And, boy, that was a that was a painful shift to have to realize it because I thought ham radio was one place I could be free of computers. <laughs> but now <laughs> I have several in the ham shack, more than, more than I have in my home office or my work office. Uh, but there are a few things, you know, once you're ready to do, once you've got everything set up. So the first thing to do is just get on the air before the contest and just practice a little bit. There are plenty of contest-like events you can do. So in October, there's the school club roundup. Now, the kids are doing the school club roundup are somewhat competitive, but they're going to treat you nicely and they're going to be excited to work you, even if you work them every day, same station, because they don't mind you being a dupe. They're happy to work you. So get on and try that. Or if you're a CW operator, get on to CW Ops on Wednesdays and try their little CW Ops test that they do. Or find a state QSO party and just get into the groove of working stations, and dialing your VFO up and down the band, listening and finding a station, or using the spotting cluster and then clicking to move from spot to spot so you can work the station. So that's one thing to do is just be on the air, be active, even a few days before the contest to sort of get your uh, – uh, get your mind and your body ready to contest. It's the warm-up that athletes go through before a competitive game. And I have to do that, especially when we go overseas. I always try to book two days ahead of the contest to be overseas uh, because I want to understand what band conditions are like from wherever we are. I want to understand how intense the pileups will be. And I just need to get my mind and body into the into the contest. And so once I get used to working, you know, People from the new QTH, the new location, whether it's the Caribbean or South America or China or wherever, then it's easier to work them during the contest. So be on the air, be active. Hang on, Scott. Let me, let me stop you there for a second. You know, practicing, you know, with the. Uh, the radio is definitely a warm up, but I also would, would say, you know, uh, warm up with the computer a little bit. Make sure that all your settings are right. Uh, you know, make sure that you, you know, the software and there's always that fight between M1MM and M3FJP and people get, get, oh, well, you got to use this one, you know, but, but both of them do the job very well. Uh, but, but get one that, that, you're comfortable with and and get used to you know how you clear everything out and and one thing you know you you mentioned that you hadn't had a computer in your shack uh, until um you know later on in, in your contesting career uh one of the things you know that i've done which i've i've always had the computers in the shack pretty much uh, but I, I didn't have it set up to where it would read the frequency off of the radio 
And it's just so nice to have the frequency automatically pop in there. So you don't have, that's just one less thing you have to worry about. Oh, it sure is. I, it sure is. And with the, with the newer radios that have USB connections and all of the major manufacturers now uh, have radios like that, it's really simple to set up. But you're exactly right, Neil. Uh, practice with the computer. Um, I used to use, um, you know, a different program for logging than for contesting. And then about a half an hour before the contest, I would start N1MM, but something wouldn't work. Can you imagine? It just wouldn't yeah. work. It had been yeah. three months or four months. <laughs> like, it's almost like a doing a podcast and your audio doesn't work for your guest, you know? <laughs> yes. So I decided after hearing someone at Contest University say this to just do it. So now the only logging program I use for logging, contesting, and anything ham radio is N1MM. That way, when I need it, it's there, it works, and it's ready to go. And if it doesn't work, I typically find out before the contest because there's nothing more defeating than trying to start the contest and finding yourself into two hours of scratching your head and trying to figure out whether the USB cable is dead or the computer has a bad port or whether you forgot to put one correct COM port or one correct baud baud rate setting into your N1MM program. Yeah. Excellent advice because that, that can be very touchy uh, if you don't have those settings just right. And I, what I do, I use N1MM also. I'm, I'm an N1MM fan. Uh, but one of the things um, that I do, um, is, is try to, um, well, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> oh, the, the log books I, I use in one MM for look for contesting and, and I use it for special events and I use it for, you know, anything other than very casual, you know, just one contact here, one contact there. But one of the things that, that I kind of caught on to, uh, with, uh, somebody in, in back in Bloomington and also kind of stole it from, from Val in V9L is, uh, you can have the DX keeper with, that's got all the logbook of the world and all these extra columns in there that would slow you down normally and you just import it at the end of the contest. So once you're done, you, you, you export it out of N1MM, you import it into DX keeper and that, so that keeps all of my contacts, uh, together. And, and so that's one way you can do it too. Yes, it is. I used to, I still, I, I say I used to be a Mac user. Let me clarify. I consider myself bilingual with computers, not try, but buy. <laughs> PC, PC, Windows, and Mac. And that's a necessity for work. And I used to have Mac in my ham station, but I could never find a good Mac operating system for contesting. And I asked N1MM at Dayton uh, if he could build N1MM for the Mac. And he gave me the most honest answer I've ever heard. He said, you're asking me to have 2,000 hours of programming to save you from buying a $400 computer. And I said, you have a good point there. He said, go buy a used PC at Dayton for 100 bucks, and that's all you need. And uh, but I, So I, I do both. And I used to import into MacLogger DX my, my contesting. And before that, I was using a Windows-based logging program. But now I use... L-O-T-W as my only logging backup. 
I mean, I store my files. I file on the three, two, one method where I have three copies of my log file on two different media, including one cloud. I mean, yeah, one copy on, on, on at least, uh, two different media in three locations. So I use the cloud, I use a flash drive, and I store them on a couple of hard drives. But um, I now use N1MM and the logbook of the world. So I've simplified my life. And I'll have I'll work people outside of contests. And they'll say, oh, it's nice to work you, Scott. This is our first QSO on 15 meters. Remember working me in 2018. Well, the truth is I change my log out once or twice a year. Uh, so I really don't remember who I've worked. Uh, <laughs> and I feel bad, but, you know... The goal here for me is to make sure the contest logging program works when it's time to hit the go button. And so that's what I give up. So, yeah, yeah Neil, very good, yeah. very good advice. Uh, I think the next thing, you know, one should do with contesting is once you've made that commitment, once you have the radio and the computer working and you've got your logging program set up, before the contest, just set some goals. You know, how many hours can you work? And just whatever you think you can do, multiply that by Point five, and that's what you're probably going to do because <laughs> contesting is hard work. You know, most people fail to realize that a 48-hour contest is more time sitting in a chair in front of a computer than you spend during your regular work week. I can't do, a, I cannot do a 48-hour contest and and, go, and and get home from work on Friday at five or six, start the contest while I'm eating supper, and go to work on Monday morning feeling decent. So I, I'm just not able with my profession to do a full 48 hours unless I take part of Monday off and part of Friday off. And I'm not going to do that for every contest, but for a few I will. Uh, but, you know, figure out how many hours you can operate. And uh, then set some goals. And, and what I suggest you do is is to follow the advice of uh, Bud Trench and the November QST. Uh, create a little worksheet. It can be a hand-drawn one or an Excel spreadsheet, putting in 160, 80, 40, 20, 15, and 10. And just say, how many QSOs do I want to work on each band? And be realistic, right? If you say right now you want to work 600 QSOs on 160, I would say you're nuts because no one works that many QSOs on 160 except in the 160 contest, you know. But maybe 20 or 30 is enough. But, but you know, for this coming CQ Worldwide Sideband contest at the end of October, you can probably work three or 400 on 20 meters because the SFI is high and 15 meters will have a few QSOs for you and 10 will be open. So just figure out how many QSOs you want to try to work. Because most people work 20 to 40 an hour. The, the really good contesters can do 50 to 100, especially if you're in a high-populated area like the East Coast or the West Coast. Or if you're in the Caribbean, you can sometimes work two to 300 an hour. But it's very few hams who can work over 200 an hour, very few hams in the U.S. who have even 100 an hour as a rate or 150 an hour as a rate. Most of us are much less. So just be reasonable and then divide the number of QSOs per band and then use that as a guide, you know, of maybe when you move from 40 meters to 80 or to 160. A good rule of thumb as well, Neil, is uh, don't spend hour upon hour on 160. Go there for 15 to 20 minutes at the top or bottom of every hour. You know, it's like the old submarine from the hunt for red October, you know, they will turn starboard at 15 minutes past the hour. Well, that was of course fiction in the movie, but it's true. You know, most of us who contest will go to 160 and spend 15 minutes at most every hour at night. And then we'll spend time on 80 and 40 and sometimes 20, depending on how late 20 is open, but set some goals. And that's what I'm doing. In fact, I'm just starting the process now 
for the, the last weekend of October for CQ Worldwide, I've got some due diligence to do to figure out how many QSOs I want to try to make. It might be 800. It might be 1,600. I've got to do that, figure out, because I've scored between those two numbers consistently the last 11, 12 years. So I'll look at my log postings from the past and try to figure out what I can do, and then I'll add 10% to push myself to see if I can do it. So I think setting goals is important. I, I set goals every year for my ham station, believe it or not, goals on what I want to change and improve and goals that I want to achieve, like how many new countries do I want to work? How many uh, other awards do I want to try to get so that I can make sure that I've achieved something with ham radio that I will look back and say, I'm glad I did it. Now, one of the goals that you suggested to uh, my high school club back when I was was teaching high school uh, was to you know get on CQ Worldwide and and knock out a hundred countries or a hundred entities uh, technically and that was a good goal because you know we had to come back an extra day and a few few more hours to to punch that out but. But we really liked, you know, getting the DX, and I probably like DX just as well as contesting. So, uh, you know, CQ Worldwide is a great time to uh, kind of get some of both. You know, commit to a few hours of of operating, and then you know, look for the DX and, and get a bunch of different countries, and um, you know, you can knock out a, a couple of hundred in a short amount of time uh but not maybe a couple hundred different entities <laughs> you know uh but the the hundred i think was was a good goal but we had to spend some serious time that weekend to to make it work yes you did and, and i remember helping you all challenging your team to that goal at dayton or around dayton and uh I think we incentivized the students to, to achieve it, and they did, and they got the incentive. So I was delighted for them. Um, you know, Neil, I often set a goal of four-band DXCC for every contest I enter. That's a DX contest. Now, I have a station and an antenna array that allows that. So my goal for every contest is to have 100 different countries on four bands. And when the SFI is high enough, it's five. I've never tried six-band DXCC because – Generally, 10 and 160 are hot or open a lot at different times of the sunspot cycle. But the really good contest stations like K3LR and K5ZD and John Doerr, K1AR and Craig Thompson, K9CT. And I'm going to stop here because I don't want to not mention many others. There are (laughs) another hundred who I could. We'll get that many countries, uh, four or five band DXCC in a contest weekend. Um, if you're like me and your life is busy and you don't have three hours in the morning to get on 20 meters and 40 and then three hours in the evening to be on 80, you can compress your operating fund into a contest weekend and you can achieve those ham goals. And I like, you know, Neil and I were licensed at about the same time. And when we were young, it was really hard to get DXCC. I mean, really, it took a lifetime to almost get it because you had to work 100 countries and get the cards and get them checked and turned in. Now, with computer logging and LOTW, you can go from no DXCC to two or three band DXCC after a contest weekend, and the AWRL will award you the award. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really a good point, Neil. 
Yep. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're overdue for a break. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk some more, uh, about contesting and, uh, answer some of your questions when we come back with, uh, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. Contest remotely or from the comfort of your own home. ICOM has the perfect base station ready for action. The IC9700, IC7610, and IC7300 SDR transceivers are top of the line and are the first choice for contesters across the globe. Robust base stations like these cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Stay connected remotely with the RSBA1 app and keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Heard it. Worked it. Logged it. IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, high input gain, high display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It is truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers, digital IF filters, a memory keyer, digital voice recorder, a high resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and an SD card slot. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 from ICOM is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digicel. And the IC9700, you can create your own band opening with it. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to help keep you busy. Faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen, real time spectrum scope, and waterfall smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels with dual watch operation and full duplex operation in satellite mode. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Copy 594 from Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. We're on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And here in just a little bit, we're going to get to your questions. We've had some uh, come in on Twitter, but uh, phone lines will be open shortly. And let me give you that phone number. It's 859-982-982. 7373 again 859-982-7373 is the phone number so we'll get to those but first as always it's time for the joke of the week (laughs) 
Now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. I have a great business idea. A chain of pawn shops only for amateur radio operators. I'm going to call it Ham Hawks. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick. Oh, there you go, Scott. What do you think? Ham Hawks? I think you don't pay him enough. He's a really good uh, comedian for you. Could, could, could you. Could you contest for my hammock? Yes, you can. And if you look at uh, <laughs> Buddy Poles in the Caribbean, they show it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And All you can right. get a good during the contest while you're doing it. <laughs> I would get a sunburn while, while, while I'm uh, contesting. That, that's that's my skin tone. Well, it's, uh, it's time for your calls. So if you have a question, give us a call, uh, 859-982-7373. Uh, now's the time to call. Uh, you can also tweet us at Ham Talk Live. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast version of the show, uh, we're not here. This is uh, done live on Thursdays. So um, I've, I've got a few questions on Twitter here, but I know you had uh, kind of a, a list. And you mentioned the November QST, uh, which is uh, just uh, just now starting to, to show up. Um, and there's a pretty nice little, uh, section in there about, uh, getting started in contesting. Yeah, there sure is. I want to commend Bob Enderbitson and Becky Schoenfeld for putting this together. They, uh, really got sponsorship from HRO to build this contesting section. It's a few pages starting about page 64. Uh, it has a contest calendar on page 65. It's got some performance tips from Bud Trench, AA3B, uh, a, a world premier contester. Uh, it's got uh, propagation tools on page 70 and how to use those. It's got how to set goals on pages 68 to 69 by Bud. And, and then it's just got contesting news and don'ts from the Florida contest group. So they've got a very diverse group of, of recommendations and ideas. And uh, they've got some beautiful Yesu radios on the front and the back of this. And they've got somebody at a, at a multi-contest station, it must be K9CT station because it's an all-flex station uh, on the cover of this insert. And I've sent my, my note of appreciation to Becky and suggested they consider making these few pages as a sort of a, as a small monograph or something as a, as a small bundle to give out at contest meetings, contest university, and, and uh, you know, W9DXCC and W4DXCC type meetings. And I think they're going to try to do that. So it's re- I've already torn it out of my QST. Don't tell the league now that I've torn, torn it out of QST. <laughs> it comes out, and I'm saving it because I've actually learned some things, even though I'm considered a experienced uh, contester, Neil. So, yeah. But let's go to the questions. And, you know, time flies okay. when we're on hand talking together. Yeah, yeah, I does. can't believe it. time's up. Yeah. 
Time's getting uh, close here. So, uh, Brett WY7BG says, My greatest difficulty in contesting has been logging and submitting logs. Every contest wants different information in the various fields of the log file, a different exchange, different format. So, so how do you sort that out? Brett, that's a great question. And I've been there. I know exactly what you mean and the challenges you're facing. When you go to a contest only software program like N1MM, at the end of the contest, you can simply under the file say generate Cabrillo file because this was historically a problem for all contests and several smart hams, including Trey and 6TR, I think, uh, came up with a format called the Cabrillo format. And that's, that's a contest format, and it has everything that the contest sponsor needs. So N1MM and I think N3FJP both build the required data points into the program, the software. And then when you click Generate Cabrillo File, it will... Uh, generate all of those, and then you can just simply take the Cabrillo file and upload it to the contest sponsor, and that's all you have to do. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I like it because you know you got to go in there and you got to tell it all this stuff, but it's just a form to fill out. You know, you you fill in your you know your grid square and your power and and you know your call sign, of course, and and that kind of thing, and then it takes care of of doing all that. So yeah, I really like. Uh, in one mm for that because uh you, you just don't have to worry about you know, it you know, take it copy and paste a, and go yes that's a really good point let's just make this clear for the listeners tonight when you set up in one mm in your logging program you only have to put your name and address and email call sign and your grid square state and CQ and ITU zones in once. And then from then on, for, for the life of N1MM for software, it remembers it. So you don't even have to fill it out for every contest. It's there permanently. And uh, that's one of the nice features of this program. Yeah. Now, Brett uh, uh, follows up to, uh, you know, that Caprillo has a header with all sorts of fields, and it's kind of hard to figure out what to fill in. And the, the contest or organizers often aren't clear on this and and i think that that kind of deflects over to, to again the logging software i think they're they're kind of relying on the logging software and the logging software is kind of relying on on the contest uh folks to to exchange that information to to kind of alleviate some of that is that accurate that is it is and uh brad i've never had trouble with my Cribillo files once i generate them I just upload them to the contest sponsor, and that's generally all I need to do. If I have made a mistake in setting up the M1MM, like putting in the wrong name for my contest club, or uh, I, I quickly see that and I can fix it. Uh, but, yeah. And you ask about FT8. I don't contest with FT8 yet. I know that most software programs have trouble using FT8. I know there are some that work, but if you contact Edmunds, uh, Whiskey Zero, Yankee uh, Kilo, I think. Ed is the uh, contest manager for the uh, Riddy and uh, FTA contest for the league, and he can help you find a program or recommend some programs for you for FT8. Yeah, uh, Brett also says uh, some contest exchanges don't work with some modes, and typically it, it's the FT8 or, or FT4, you know, the, the ones with shorter um, – 
amount of characters uh, for the contest exchange. And I, I remember, you know, it was a big deal with School Club Roundup, which, by the way, is just, you know, a couple of weeks away here, uh, you know, that FT8 wouldn't work because we couldn't send the, the contest exchange. We, You know, you can change it to send it, but the problem is you got to get the people who are working you to send it back uh, to send theirs. And so um, that didn't always happen and and that caused some issues at field day one time too i think the first year ft8 came out we we logged all kinds of contacts on ft8 and none of them were valid for the contest oh i know field day is not a contest but it is it's not a, <laughs> but, yeah, if it's not a contest why do we keep scoring rank rank plus? Uh, but, it's not but a yeah well, we had to throw all those out so, yeah. Okay, so some good advice there, uh, Lisa. Contact there, Brett, uh, for you. So thanks for listening, and thanks for uh, writing in with your uh, questions here, and hope uh, that helped. And if you have a question, give us a call at 859-982-7373. We're going to uh, finish things up here. Uh, I think we're, we're through what we have here. Uh, but I know you had uh, some more uh, things uh, from the, the QST article and some other things that you wanted to talk about. So let, let's pick back up on, uh, on the agenda here. I want to give everyone one really good contest tip, which is a secret. Uh, Neil, can we just keep the secret between us? Do you think anyone else sure. is listening? No, no, okay. no, no, there's nobody else listening. <laughs> us and, and, and 10,000 of our favorite listeners. If you're, doing, if you're doing a CW contest and you want to call the station, even if you click on the spot, these two secrets will help you dramatically. Number one, make sure the call sign matches what the spot says. Because many times the people spotting it have copied it wrong. And then you'll miss that point and get a real deduction. So that's number one. And number two, don't call them exactly on frequency. Call them 50 or 100 or 200 hertz below or above. And if your CW speed is not all that good, call them a little slower than they're going. Because your call will take longer to send and they will hear the last letter or two of your call after everyone else has stopped. The biggest challenge I have contesting in the Caribbean with CW, when the rates can go consistently two to 300 an hour, is that CW sounds like radio teletype when everyone calls on the same frequency. So I used the RIT on my radio to go up and down so that I could, could actually hear the stations and call them. And I guess there's a bonus tip too, Neil, and that is that if you, this is good for DXing too, if you have two receivers in your rig and you can tell what frequency the, 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 the contest station has just heard the other station calling them, transmit on that frequency as soon as the other station's done and you may be heard because not everyone listens. People just don't pay attention. They just keep banging on F4, F4, which is your mm-hmm. call sign on N1MM <laughs> and N3FJP, and it doesn't get them anywhere, you know? And, and, yeah. and one bit of advice, if you call three, four, five times and they don't hear you, stop. 
move on, come back in 10 minutes. Because on the other end, the station you're calling, they may have loud noise, they may have someone who's creating a lot of interference, or they just may be tired and they need to take a break. And then they'll hear you within 10 minutes. I can't tell you how many times I have been contesting running full legal power with a seven over seven stack on 15 meters. And I can't seem to work HK or Hotel Charlie, right? So I'll just stop and I'll come back an hour later in the first call I get it. So don't waste time. Don't waste 10 minutes in a pileup. Give them two, three, four calls. The big contesters, the good ones, they call twice and move. But for those of us who live outside of the East Coast, you might have to do it three or four times, but then move on and come back because they're still going to be there. They're still going to work you. But, you know, don't yeah. waste a lot of time trying to work one station when you can get them in a half an hour later. They'll, it'll take you one-fifth the time. Yeah, very, very good advice. Well, what else do you have for us? We're, we're actually uh, kind of at the end, end of our time here. We can go a, a few more minutes if you want, but uh, uh, what else do you have here for us before we, uh, we sign off tonight? I, you know, just a couple of, of observations, if I may, on contesting. One, there is no single best contest radio. Now, I use ICOM radios. I've had an Elecraft in the past. Uh, I've never owned a Yesu radio, but I've used one in a contest, and I like them a lot. I have great affection for Kenwood radios. I like Flex radios. So there's no single best contest radio, despite what your neighbor, the super contester, says. Any radio is better than no radio. Secondly, just learn how to use the, the filter buttons. Make them sometimes wider. Make them sometimes more narrow. And sometimes turn down the RF gain instead of maximizing it, turn it down so that the noise goes down. So your, your ears don't burn out from all the static crashes and all the other uh, QRM or QR Mary, as we call it. And on sideband contesting, we like to say that 20 meters is where the wild one roams. And what we mean by that is there is so much splatter and distortion on 20 and it gets worse in the late part of the day, and then 40 has it. So if you have a chance to go to the higher frequencies of 10 and 15 meters, you can get a respite from all of the challenges, the auditory challenges of 40 and 20, and just have some peace and tranquility on 15 and 10, and then go back to 20 and 40. But remember, sideband contesting can be hard, and there's no way to get rid of all the splatter except turn the RF gain down, so that your ears, your hearing, and your mind are not overloaded with all of the wrong information as you're trying to hear the, the, the contest station give their exchange. All right. Well, some great stuff, Scott. Thank you so much for sharing your, your secrets here. And, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep it amongst us friends here. But uh, uh, thanks for coming on and, and talking a little bit about this. And, um, you know, we've got uh, School Club Roundup this month. We've got CQ Worldwide this month. Uh, you know, some some great opportunities to jump in and, and get started. And uh, and band conditions are always good during a contest, right? You will never find more stations on than you do during a contest. And bands that you thought were dead will have stations on them. So don't forget to try 10 and 15 this month. And don't forget to go down to 160, at least for 10 minutes at the top or bottom of every hour from sundown to sunrise. 
And uh, most importantly, as Rob Sherwood says, enjoy it. Have fun. Don't let your competitive spirits ruin contesting for you. Um, enjoy it and relax and do it. And then when you're tired, stop. Go watch a television show. Take a nap. Have a meal. And then come back refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's very important. So well, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, as always, we, we learned a lot from you, uh, anytime you're on. And so thank you again. And, um, I'll be talking with you soon. Thank you, Neil. And it's a pleasure. And I look forward to working you this month and hopefully seek you worldwide, uh, or hearing you on, uh, uh, for a contest coming up later this year. 73, my friend. 7-3. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight. And I invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we have three guests coming on next week. We have Michael Coulter, WHCI, from uh, Hamvention, Mark Brown, N4BCD from Huntsville, and Michael Colley, and i got to get used to this new call, W4ORL, uh, from uh, Hamcation, and they're going to be talking about uh, the challenges of the pandemic with Hamfest and where things stand with with kind of the big three ham fest. So uh, they will all be here next week um, and uh, we'll take your calls as well. So uh, for a list of all of our upcoming guests, go to hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. That's, that's all we ask. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.